Hi, this is PJ Ewing from the Bees Knees Podcast. I'm your host, and I'm here recording this introduction on a lovely Saturday in Lower Manhattan. Uh, just before I get going on making some carrot soup and some chicken uh, for when the kids get home from their play dates, what a fun fall Saturday I've got. But before I get to my fun, I wanted to introduce a, a wonderful new person to our team at X10 Therapy, a physical therapist assistant named Candace Cowood. And I thought I was going to do just a little get to know you. Hey, Candace, tell us about yourself. And, you know, you'll be lucky to have Candace as a coach if you end up with Candace, et cetera, et cetera. And it turns into 45 minutes of real insight into the history of recovery from knee surgery, as well as what the X10 is, how it affected Candace, and in fact, how she does coach and what the coaching process is like at X10 Therapy when we have a total knee patient or other knee surgery patient um, working with the X10 machine. So I was so excited after doing this recording with Candace uh, that it struck me this morning that I'd better get that thing out there to share with, with you guys. So uh, listen to my conversation with Candace Cowood as part of our Bees Knees podcast uh, episodes. In this case, it's get to know a physical therapist assistant and understand a whole bunch of very valuable insight things uh, about knee surgery recovery along the way. Here we go. Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Hello, everyone. This is PJ. I'm here with Candace. Candace is uh, an employee of X10, so uh, you're going to get a chance to hear what someone uh, what life is like coaching and working with patients. And also, Candace, you're somebody somebody who, I don't know, you know, a year ago had never heard of the X10 or maybe a little longer. And now Correct. you're working with patients every day and working with the machine. And so it's kind of a neat opportunity to get to know you as a person. You know, a lot of people that listen to this podcast will end up someday maybe on the X10 and you'll be their coach. <laughs> so they're going to know about you. Yay for you. <laughs> Right, yeah, you lucky, you because lucky future I'm, patient. They, yes, lucky future patients because I'm <laughs> just so awesome. <laughs> right, well, that's why we're here, because you're so awesome. Um, that's right. <laughs> so I should say hello, everybody. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's do, let's do, the, uh, let's do the, the thing then. The, the, this is your life, Candace. Uh, t- take us through yeah. your background a little bit, and then um, you know, maybe moving up to the time of hearing about this, this X10 thing. Okie dokie. So I am a physical therapist assistant, and I have been, I, I kind of lose track, but I'm pretty sure it's been about 16 and a half years, and um, started um, on the journey because I wanted to work um, in the PEDS division, and very hard to get into. So that fell through, and I kind of landed in an outpatient and did that for five years uh, before my mother-in-law, who's a nurse, got me wrapped up into the home care world, which I did not think that I would like, and I loved for um, 11 years. I loved being in people's homes, um, loved the connection that you get um, when you're at that level with somebody, and um, did that, and then made a move um, for my husband's job, and um, decided to take some time off to be at home with the kids who are a little bit older and got bored and uh, 
I have a friend. We were in a wedding together, and her and I were chatting, and she was working. I'm like, well, she's also a PTA. I'm like, Erin, what are you doing? Like, what is this that you're doing? Tell me about it. She's like, oh, it's this thing called the X10. And I'm like, I have no idea. And she's like, you haven't heard about it yet? And I'm like, no, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. She, um, she then proceeded to tell me uh, about this amazing machine that she had come to be working with. And, you know, was, I was like, Erin, you're like so excited about this machine. And she was like, no, you've got to look into it. You have to look into it. And so I did. And um, I wound up texting her back and I was like, Erin, this thing is amazing. If there ever comes a moment where they need more coaches, like, let me know. I'm in. And that the was a fated phone call. The, the fated, the fated phone call. <laughs> it did. It was. It was. But I mean, it just was. You know, looking into it, and I mean, there was there was other aspects that I liked about this too. But I mean, I after watching it, and I will say, you know, and I and I do. If you get a chance to become my patient, you'll hear me say this. But you know, having come from the home care world, I've literally worked with probably every diagnosis that you can imagine that you would be well enough to be home for, but not well enough to be out in the community for, right? So I've worked with an array of diagnoses, and I will tell you, um, joints have always been my favorite, always, 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 always. And I do tell people that who are on the X10. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it's a comfortable fit for me because, if, I mean, even when we were in school and we were learning about joint replacements and watching the the videos that you get to see if you've had a joint replacement. Some of the surgeons, you know, recommend that you watch a joint replacement. And from that moment, you know, even on through after, I've just always been fascinated by them and how you can take something that doesn't work and put these new parts into it and rehab it and it just completely changes your world, you know, your your quality of life and, you know, for the better, Um and so I just always been fascinated by that. And so it was already, joints were already up my alley, you know, and then this, this machine, the X10, you know, anyway, so I just told her, That's I was like, if, if they ever need coaches, like call yeah. me because I'm in. <laughs> so that, that, that was the transition from pre to eventually post learning about X10. Let's go into mm-hmm. that a little bit more, though, about your, what you would do, you know, before even hearing about this thing on the joint front with um, your patients. It's a long time, 16 years of working mostly in the home, it sounds like, doing mm-hmm. joint work plus other stuff. Um, right. What, what, let's go to a knee then. What, what was life yeah. like five years ago when you had a knee, a total knee replacement, you're in a home, you're a, a PTA, you're in a home care company. Like what, mm-hmm. what is that like? What are you doing with those patients, and what kind of outcomes are you are you seeing? So generally, when I would have a knee replacement um, uh, patient, you know, first couple of sessions, and and I think that anybody listening who's maybe even been in home care will feel this way. Um, and it's funny because Erin and I were just talking about this the other day. But you know, the first couple of times that you're in somebody's home, um, you're giving just basic exercises, but more just being being there. Um, kind of creating a relationship because it has to be a trust. If somebody is coming into your home and you are not feeling well, right, which generally you're not, but you're not feeling well, 
you know, there, there has to be, um, there has to be compatibility and a level of trust. So the first couple of visits are always just pretty, pretty easy going, you know, let's see what you can do. Here's a few exercises that I want you to start. And generally by visit, you know, three to five, I'm really amping, amping people up, asking a little bit more of them, asking them to do more, starting to work on their gait patterning and, you know, um, if they're going to be eventually transitioning into outpatient, you know, we eventually address stairs or getting in and out of the house or, you know, doing um, a car transfer. And, of course, working on the infamous range of motion, you know, and, you know, in, in our head, therapists, you know, we, we know those goals that you have to reach. We know that, you know, getting to 90 is critical, right? And then we also know beyond 90 you have to be somewhere between 110 and 115 to be functional, you know, and then, and then going beyond that, 130 is a healthy knee. So we will never, in home care, you know, I rarely saw people past, I don't know, I mean, it has been a little while and I'm getting older, but generally right around 100 and, I mean, right around 105, you would have those people that really were able to push it and get further but generally somewhere between 90 to 100 is when we would put them into outpatient. And I would have been with them for at least somewhere, depending, somewhere between two to five weeks, um, depending on what their doctor's protocol was, what insurance would cover. You know, there's, there's so many factors to that decision. But um, my two-weekers never quite got that far. I do know that. Sure. You know, they made all their yeah. gains in outpatient. Um, and so – transitioning your brain from that to the X10, I know it blows my mind every time, you know, when we're working with patients. And some of them, you know, day four, they're, they're at zero and 90, day five. And, and you're just thinking, oh, my goodness, like this, it's not something that we would have typically seen in the home. And, and we're doing it on a very consistent basis. I mean, that's something that very, very, very consistently, you know, people are getting to. And I mean, I'm sure that uh, my supervisors uh, in home care would have thought like I was some sort of superwoman, you know, if I was doing that with my patients, right? you know, in, in, in the home. Um, and not to, and like I said, not to say that people didn't get there. I'm sure, you know, in my 11 and a half years that, that there were, but not, not enough that it made an impact on my brain, you know, that I remember it. Let me, um, let me jump in and define a couple terms and clarify some things. One is when sure. we're talking about the numbers, for those that are listening, we're talking about range of motion, uh, extension, all the way straight is zero and back mm -hmm. where your calf is touching your thigh is about 130. And that's our ultimate goal for many, not everybody, but a lot of right. people want to get full function. And then the other person we keep referring to, but we haven't named, is Aaron Remfer. And we've done an Aaron. interview with Aaron already. So you can go back and listen to an interview with, uh, you know, PTA Aaron Remfer, if you like. And that's really the conduit through which Candace ended up at X10. So those are yeah, two little Yeah, lovely Aaron. Who I, who I say is, she is amazing, first off. She is an old soul. And, you know, I, I'm older in the PTA or in the PTA, in the physical therapy world than she is. And that girl has a brain on her and she remembers things that we learned in school and she has reeducated me on so many things. And um, she is, 
she is so smart with the machine, and she's amazing with the patients. Um, she's 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 gold. So we're lucky. We're lucky. We've yeah, got yeah, we've we got you we, we are. too. By the way, well, of, you know, of course, but <laughs> goes without saying. But let's say it anyway. <laughs> that goes without um, saying. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but let's talk about now. You know, home care. How many patients would you be able to handle during a? A, a day or a week, however we define it, at any given time in home care. Um, and then compare that to what you're doing now, I guess. I, wanna, I want everyone sure. to hear sort of that routine, which is, you mm-hmm. know, like knees and elbows and all kinds of conditions, to your stroke, your world and heart now. attack, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To, to, to compare those two things, if you could. Um, so in home, when I was, when I was a lot younger and, um, and I was really working, um, sometimes I was seeing upwards of eight patients a day, but that is starting at like eight in the morning and finishing at six, seven at night. And that is, you know, some people are pretty far apart. Comfortably, comfortably, I liked about five patients um, a day. And um, that would be, you know, typical, like I could maybe start at like 10 and be done around four. But, um, but it, of course, it always depended. Home care is a variable that's always up and down as is I guess everything, but um, so typically I would, in a typical week, anywhere between five and six patients a day, and um, I'm, since since I've been coming to the X10, since I've come to the X10, um, I would say I I like I like talking to my people more consistently if I can, even you know if it's just touching base just through a text and saying, hey, how are you doing? But um, sometimes I'm talking to somewhere between seven to ten people a day. Um, a hand, most of them will be phone calls. Um, and, then, and then there are the texts. It depends on where you are in the process, you know, and how you're doing. I, I have some of my, my people who are, they're very, very close to the end. And um, just a few days away from pickup, and, you know, generally they're very independent. A lot of the times they're now at the point where they're starting outpatient therapy, so they don't have the same kind of time and attention that we had at the very beginning when I could talk to them every single day and, and, and know right where they were going to be. So those, those that are more mobile and independent at the end, you know, just be a text checking in or – um, when I see people hitting milestones like that 90 degrees, that 100, that 110, that 115, that 120, when when we see those awesome milestones, um, you know that people are working towards, I do like to send out shoot out a text like, oh my gosh, you made it, congratulations, keep working, got got more numbers to hit, you know. But generally, we'll do a session on the phone, and depending on the person, that can be anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour. It, it just depends on, you know, the individual, and I get chatty sometimes. Really? <laughs> oh, we would never I get, know that. <laughs> I get chatty sometimes, and um, I like, I love people. I love hearing people's, I've heard so many stories over the last 16 and a half years of this career that I'm in, and I hear some of the funniest, some some things I don't know why people tell me and I probably shouldn't repeat, which I don't, but, you know, but then also, you know, amazing, amazing stories about, you know, people and where they've come from and, and where they've gone. And um, so I love people. 
So, you know, sometimes I'll just say, hey, while you're on the machine working on your range of motion and you need a distraction, tell me about yourself. And sometimes that turns into quite the conversation. So I can imagine. Yeah. Are you doing much, Candace, on video or are you really just using the phone? You mean like um, like FaceTiming? Video, video call? Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, I think it uh, – no, I, most, of my stuff, most of my stuff is over the phone. Um, I do, you know, some house visits, depending on, you know, what's going on with people. Um, and every once in a while, um, I will do a video chat, you know, with somebody that has to have, you know, an iPhone or Skype and, and know how to work it, which right. sometimes I'm not good at myself. Um, so there are, there are instances, yes, where I do, um, I just video chatted with somebody earlier this, this week um, because, um, they had a question about elevating the leg, and, and I needed to see what they were doing. And so um, they were like, oh, we've got iPhone. We can FaceTime with you. And so, um, so I do do that. And of, course, and, of course, I do Skype. You know, when you get the machine delivered, you know, we Skype that day so we can say hello face-to-face um, so we're not just a voice over the phone. Yeah, so. What about the data that the machine is sharing with you? How does that uh, change or affect the way you treat the patients? Because the machine, for those that don't know, most of you, uh, there's a dashboard that every coach has access to, and it's got analytics and information that uh, reveals a lot about what's going on in the home on the machine with the patient mm-hmm. you know, in charge of that therapy. And you're able to see those sessions and then you know, kind of collaborate with the patient based upon that right. data. How does that affect your, your coaching? Yeah, well, I'm going to clarify something just to, for those that don't understand is, is that we actually we can't see it live. Um, we do not see anything live. But within 10, I think Aaron's told me it can actually be sooner, but within 10 to 15 minutes is what I tell most people. Um, after you're done with the session, your X10 sends results over to our X10 results page. <laughs> and um, so I can ask, access it. So generally I start, you know, my morning when I'm warming up the computer and stuff and I'll just do a quick scan through everybody's range of motion numbers and, um, you know, find, find those maybe that have hit a milestone that they've been working towards or maybe a goal that, that, that the patient and I have set together and I see that they have hit. Um, I will also, because this is something that people deal with as well. There are people who, you know, because of, you know, other going on might be struggling a little bit. And so, you know, keeping an eye on that and, you know, people who maybe need a little bit of an extra, you know, a little bit of an, an extra phone call to, you know, so that we can talk about what's going on. And um, sometimes it's simple, sometimes it's not. So, um, you know, so that's how we use that data that, that we see. Um, those that are, are prehabbing with us, you know, I, I try and run through their um, their dynamic strength program numbers and their concentric and their eccentric, which are two other programs, and, you know, check all of the strengthening numbers and make sure everything is looking good and that you're doing it because, you know, sometimes people that are prehabbing are really busy with life and things get away from them. So I like to make sure that we're still doing that because that strengthening component for the prehab program, you know, is really important because most people aren't strengthening before they go into surgery and it's it's a really important part of what the X10 has to offer. 
So there's, there's a number of things, you know, that, that we definitely, I mean, I'm constantly jumping back and forth when I'm talking with people during a session. Um, I'm constantly jumping back and forth between, you know, what I'm writing and, and pop, popping into their numbers, looking at previous range of motion numbers, looking at strengthening numbers. You know, um, if people are getting ready to do strengthening for the first time post-surgery, I will pull up if they prehabbed with us, I'll pull up those prehab numbers so that we can see what they got, you know, before they got off of the X10 and, you know, to compare to how they're doing, you know, first time through. So that I think is one of the things that is so amazing about the X10, not besides the fact, you know, when you were just talking about it and explaining it, you know, it's providing consistent feedback to the patient through, you know, the screen that they get to watch, constant feedback. Patients, you know, and once you really start to understand the machine and, you know, patients will, you know, they're reading the numbers like, oh, hey, you know, I used less of this to get to this or, oh, wow, I got a couple more numbers. And it's just that constant feedback, which can be very positive, you know, and then it bounces over into our stuff so that we, you know, can know where people need help or a little bit of encouragement or what their next goal needs to be. So um, quite an amazing, I mean, just the whole thing. And, you know, it, it's so interesting to hear you speak about this. You speak so well about it. Obviously, you're living it, breathing it every day. Uh, but it's a, a collaboration. It, the data is there. The patient's got real time. You're delayed a little bit. But, it's, you know, that doesn't seem to get in the way of the fact that you're no. really on the same page every day with your calls and you're working together. It's almost like there are three of you. You the patient right. and the machine, <laughs> all, mm -hmm. all working in collaboration with one another, the device providing insight on its own and advice right. to the patient on its own with its little blue arrow saying, hold it, don't go anywhere, or, yep, I think we're ready to go to the next degree, uh, strengthening, mm -hmm. eccentric, concentric, hamstring, uh, neuromuscular re-education, you know. Uh, but I guess the, where I was headed with all that is, the, and I've never spoken with a coach, I don't think about this, at least on a podcast recording, and that is, what are the other techniques? Let's say you've got a patient that's five degrees short of where you want to be, and mm -hmm. let's call it flexion, you know, the usual okay. suspects, right? The usual problem yep. is bending your flexion. knee back, and, you know, we want them to bend at least 110, 115 before, you know, they're released into the wild <laughs> or into... Yep. Um, what are the other things that you do, the other techniques beyond the range of motion program itself that you're doing, or maybe as part of that program, that you're doing with the patients to sort of inch that knee back for flexion? Well, what are those the little tricks that you've got? So one of the big tricks, which, again, is compliments of Erin and her brain, but, you know, something that, that, that I'm very familiar with from, you know, my, my years in, in therapy um, is we – Typically, if we're trying to get a few more degrees out of your inflection, um, we use a technique. It's called contract relax. And if anybody has been, if anybody has been out in in um, in the therapy world, out in outpatient, or you know, I mean, even home care, right? It's something that you might be familiar with, you know. But it's it's something that we use to fatigue that muscle, because sometimes if we can fatigue the muscle and we we get rid of that last bit of muscle guarding sometimes you can gain a degree or two. And, and once we get that degree or two and we've opened the joint and we've stretched the ligaments, you know, we can go back there because, you know, the X10 is going to bring it back. 
going to bring it back, you know, and so you're going to get a few a few times in that new range, you know, say maybe you were at 125 and you're trying to get 130 and, you know, we get you to 126, 27, you know, and then it holds you there a few times. It stretches the capsule and the tendons and the ligaments around it so that we kind of solidify. It's a word I use a lot with my patients. I'm like, we've got to get this range and we got to, you know, we got to keep staying here because we really got to solidify this range because when you have solidified it, it means that that is a solid range that you can now move past. That we know, we know that you can get to 110. You've, you've gone to it, you've solidified it, you're now getting past it. So we know that you can get to 110. And, right. and so, so we do, we use that contract, contract, relax. Um, there's other things, other techniques. Or, oh, re- re- I hate this word, reciprocal. Um, you did so well. Oh, reciprocal. I don't like that word. <laughs> it, in, I think it's inhibition, reciprocal right. inhibition. And, I, and if Erin's listening, I'm sure she'll laugh if I'm saying it wrong. But, um, <laughs> you know, but there's, there's a couple of other techniques. We, we get patients who do struggle um, with extension. It is not as often, you know, but I mean, there are those people out there, they just like to, you know, keep us challenged, which is good for us. And, you know, we can use the machine, you know, to do extended, you know, stretches. Um, there's lots of studies out there, lots and lots and lots of studies, you know, where you can see that sustained stretching causes flexibility. And that's what we need. We need that flexibility. Your knee needs to go to zero because when you walk, that affects your gait. And getting to zero, getting to a true zero, which, again, if you work with us, you would get to here. We always talk about we got to see if you're at a true zero. You know, in doing quad sets with the leg out straight, at that zero, we do quad sets to push down because there's nothing under the knee, you know, to push down into that zero that we're really solidifying it because when you're walking, you need that terminal knee extension, you know, for that gait pattern to be good so that we don't, yeah. you know, have any other issues. So, so those are a couple of the techniques that we use. Quad sets, reciprocal inhibition, uh, contract, relax, and you're doing those yeah. on the machine as part mm-hmm. of the motion or the activity of the machine. And then, Correct. you know, you are getting patients sometimes that go three or four weeks. Some are covered by Blue Cross Blue Shield. Others mm-hmm. are renting it for an extra week or two. Most people mm-hmm. can get the job done in. 14 to 17 days post-surgery, but, you know, there are obviously all kinds of situations. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. How much of the strengthening uh, are you getting to, and, and what are people doing to stop atrophy and maybe even maybe even start to make some strength gains again after surgery? Well, what are those uh, activities? So post-surgery, most, most patients, you know, a lot of the doctors will have already, um, for, I think, I think that it's more rare for, for people listening. Um, you know, if, if you're having an outpatient procedure, because there's all different kinds, they, they now, I mean, just the, the direction that joint replacements have gone since, you know, I started 16 years ago and people used to stay in the hospital for five days to now they do them outpatient. Like people have the surgery and they go home a few hours later. It's, amazing to me, you know, how, how far things have come. But um, generally when you're outpatient, um, you don't get this. But if you're at least one to two days in the hospital, they'll have a physical therapist or an OT come in. You know, they work with you on walking. They've gone up and down the steps with you. And they've actually left an exercise program with you. 
some of those doctors that um, that do outpatient surgery, they'll actually have um, oh, like a packet, right? And inside the packet, there will be some of the just very basic generic exercises that they want you to get started on before, you know, a lot of people have home care, so before home care can come in. Um, so a lot of patients will, um, will be doing those exercises, um, you know, just to start helping to refire the muscles, to get things going again, because, you know, I, t- I, do, I tell this to my patients all the time. I know that this is an elective procedure, but it's still a traumatic. It, it, it's considered, you know, a traumatic surgery because there's a lot going on, and, and it does. It affects the muscles and the nerves and everything around. And then one of the things that we do with the X10, some, somewhere between day, I don't know, I, I generally someday, somewhere between day two to four is we do the, the pump and we do the calf. And they have a strengthening component to them, but the beauty of those two exercises is that one of their jobs is also muscle pumping, which helps, you know, pull some of that swelling and can help with the swelling reduction. And so it's kind of a two-for-oneer. And, uh, and so, you know, we'll be doing, well, we won't. The patient will be doing the exercises off the machine, you know, that, that their doctor or their hospital PT gave them. And then we're doing, you know, some of that stuff on the machine, which, you know, contracts all of those muscles. And um, I've had patients who have had a hard time firing their quad and the pump test, you know, because we're using so many muscles at once you know, have helped bring that quad muscle back. And, uh, I mean, amongst other things, but it's one of the things that really, you know, it, it helps. So, Can you explain um, that, that those two activities, the calf and the pumps, for people that have not sort of laid eyes on the machine? Sure, yeah. The pump, the pump test is, um, you know, we, we, have, we have two rollers and a foot plate, and your feet are between the rollers. And um, another piece to this whole puzzle is the amazing, I call it the arm of the machine. I think some of the other coaches do as well. Um, And that arm of the machine, the foot plate, the front roller, the back roller have sensors in them. And that's how this machine is so sensitive to everything that you do and um, how it provides you feedback, us feedback, uh, how it protects you, how it keeps this, you know, it's not going to be completely pain-free, but how it keeps it somewhat, you know, in control because it's, it's so sensitive to what you're doing. Um, but with your feet between the foot rollers and um, obviously your foot set on that foot plate, the pump test is done by pushing down, contracting every muscle in that leg from, you know, the, the calf, which is two parts, but from the calf, to the quad, to the hamstring, to the IT band, every single muscle that's in that leg because you're pushing down into that foot plate, contracting everything, and then relaxing. So I tell, um, I tell my patients when I describe it, a very good visual is, is that when you're pushing down into that foot plate and you're holding all of those muscles really tight and then you relax because it's a 30-second cycle, so you do them for as many as you can for 30 seconds, but we have you do a two-second hold really squeezing all those muscles and relaxing, I tell people to visualize a sponge. And if you have a sponge filled with water and you, you squeeze and twist it, what's going to happen? That stuff's going to come out. And right. so, you know, by pushing down and contracting all of those muscles and then relaxing, we're pulling the fluid from them, right? And then it, it, your, your system, 
you know, picks up that fluid and, and hopefully wastes it out. Of course, there's all, again, all different scenarios, and sometimes it does not happen right away, but it, it definitely helps the process. Um, so that's the pump. And then the calf exercise um, is done. The arm will go, again, the arm of the machine will go out straight, and your foot goes on that foot plate under that bottom roller, and you're pushing down through your toes. So we're activating, we're focusing solely on that calf muscle. So by pushing down and activating the calf muscle, again, we're doing muscle pumping because we're tightening that muscle for two, two to three seconds and relaxing on a 30-second cycle, so you're doing as many as you can on that 30-second cycle. And I think, honestly, some people get generally somewhere between five to seven reps done. And um, we also, by muscle pumping the calf, we decrease the risk of blood clots because we keep things moving down there. And that one is, you know, got a dual to it, you know, where we're not just muscle pumping, but we're, we're hopefully you know, decreasing the risk of blood clots, which, mm-hmm. you know, people with this surgery um, run a big risk of because, you know, you tend to be a little bit more sedentary um, because it hurts to move. And I always tell people, you know what, I know it hurts to move. we got to get up and get on the machine because it feels better when you do. That joint, that joint in order to heal has to move. It's amazing how it can feel good. Uh, I hear that mm-hmm. from people. It feels good, whereas, you know, usually everybody dreads physical therapy. I mean, who wants to, hey, let's go to PT, how much fun that's going to be? But in this case, <laughs> and, and I, I don't want to describe it as fun, but you do have no. balls and, and, and screens, and you've got goals, and it's a little bit of a mm-hmm. game, and you've got Candice, and, you know, a plan, and you're doing it at home in, in the piece of your home, and you're doing it three times a day, not once a day, which is, you know, in your past life. Well, but let's see. Visit is, Shorter, right? Right. Kind but of. let's let's be real though, yeah. that you saying once a day, no, no, if you get home care, you know, and of course it's the world that I came from, our outpatient, you're only getting it maybe two to three days a week. The X ten in your home, you're doing it three times a day. I mean, that right there is huge, you know. And, of course, you know, when, when, when people come into your home, they do leave exercises. And we expect, I mean, I expect that you're going to get on the X10 when I did home care and I left you exercises. Your recovery is up to you. How you choose to do, how much you choose to do or don't do is on you. And, and, and that, that makes your level of recovery also on you. But how much easier is it to get on the machine and let something else range your leg for you well, you just push buttons. You know what I mean? I, it, yeah. I have found people's level of compliancy with the X10 far out seeds. For far out ways, I guess I should say, what I had as far as compliancy in home care. You know, people... I think you invented I, a word. I think you've... Out I, pro- I invent all sorts of words, don't I? Like I like that. That was it. Not exceeds I, I can't, out does <laughs> out ways. I can't does. play Scrabble because... My husband won't play Scrabble with me because I make up words. Right. So You're a nightmare. Scrabble nightmare. I, I am. I come up with all sorts of just craziness. I just, it's, it's me. It's me. <laughs> anyway. So, so one but, more. One yeah. more. Let, let me go. Uh, I'm sorry. Did, did you have another thought on that? I don't want to interrupt your no, 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 no. I know I had finished. Just in the sense okay. of, you know, that, that I have found that, that follow through is, is just a lot better. And, 
And I think that that is why Aaron and I talk about this all the time because Aaron came from the home care world as well. And the expectations for patients on the X10 are so much greater, but it's because we know what they can do with it and how much further ahead they can get with it because they're doing it three times a day and it's doing the work for them until we get to the strengthening aspect of it for anybody that's listening and they've done it, probably thinking that in your head, right? But as far as the range of motion program, which that range of motion is vital. If you don't have, if you don't have your range of motion, it doesn't matter how strong you are, right. you know? So, um, you know, that Gotta range of motion, can, right. It's, it it's so important. Yeah. And you just sit there and you just push a button like, hey, I want to go to, you know, 100 today. Oh, give me a little bit more pressure to get there. That's great. You know, I'm going to go to zero again. And we're constantly changing that warm-up range of motion so that we're mm-hmm. constantly pushing into those bigger ranges. So I went off on a slight tangent there. See, so you great. open the floor, and that's what happens. I did. I <laughs> let you out there, and you're going to just run. You did. And meanwhile, you wrote our new, next slogan, and everyone heard it live, X10 oh, Expectations. That was right here. Oh. Copyright by Candace, um, <laughs> trademark immediately, uh, hashtag uh, X10 Expectations. X10 we, that's expectations. a great concept, <laughs> Candace. Well, well, Aaron and I talk all the time about, you know, X, X10 Expectations. If you're, if you're listening to this and you've been a patient of Aaron and mine, and we, we, we chat all the time and go back and forth, and, you know, that's a constant thing, you know. You, the X10 expectations are so much higher than what right. we would have expected out of a patient and they're just in their home getting home care. So, so let, let's bring it home clinically and then we'll bring it home for our interview. Uh, you've done mm-hmm. all the pumping and the pushing and pulling and you've done passive and active and your session is done. What is your recommendation on icing and elevation? What kind of parameters do you put on that? Well, first off, it, it is important, and I and I always try and and put it into terms that make sense for people. So you've just got you've just got done range of motion, doing the range of motion, right? Some of you, if you're far enough ahead, you've done muscle pumping, you know, for the calf and the pump. If you're far enough ahead, ahead, you know, in in your recovery, then then we started testing your quads and your hamstrings, or you know, doing that concentric and eccentric program, and um, so we've gotten everything moving. We've gotten fluid kind of a yucky word, we've gotten fluid moving, you know, we've gotten stuff, we've got stuff going, your system is trying to pull all that junk and, and waste it out so that it can come out of that area. And so I tell people, like, we've opened the highways, and, and all of that fluid is, is coming and going, right? So we ice and elevate so that we, we close it down. And so we, you know, make that, make that hole so small, you know, that it, it, it can't come through. So icing and elevating is a very important part of um, of the whole thing as a picture, right? Um, and for those of you that have will have me or have me, you know, I try, I do try and and include, you know, any exercises that your therapist has given you that, that you do actually right before you get on the X10. And there's always a method to my madness. We do those exercises, then we get on the X10, and we do everything on the X10 because then we immediately ice and elevate afterwards because you know, it just, it's a nice flow and it makes sense because we're going to wrap everything up and ice and elevate instead of trying to get up and do something else. Because the X10 will pull the fluid 
better than than anything that you're going to do exercise wise. You know, the exercise is strengthening, and the X10 is is, is ranging and, and, and moving that fluid out, which is what what we want. So once we're done with the X10, we want to close that. So is there ice any and elevate. Length of time? Yeah. Is there any any yes. magical? Go ahead. They, you know, generally people people will go from anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes. Um, for those of you that are, are Googlers, um, there's a lot of studies out there of, you know, what um, scientifically, you know, what's the max amount you can heat or ice and all that kind of stuff. Um, but generally I tell people 20 to 30 minutes. I will also tell my people, um, you know, if you don't have an ice man that encases the whole knee and you just have the ice packs, you know, 10 minutes on the top of the knee, 10 minutes on the bottom of the knee, or if you have enough ice packs, do them both at do them both at once because I think sometimes the back of the knee gets forgotten and it's still a part of the surgical area. You know what I mean? And, and so I'll have people who are like, oh, the back of my knee is so swollen. I'm like, well, we've got to be icing that. We've got to be icing that. Or, you know, even the ankles or the calf. I mean, people get swelling all over. Our systems are all different. You know, we're, we're all different and we're all made differently. We heal differently. And, um, but I like for the elevation to be um, above the heart. So lying flat, which I know is boring, right? But lying flat with that leg elevated above the heart. And the whole purpose to that, in case people didn't know, is because then gravity is doing the work for your heart and your heart's not having to work as hard to pull that fluid, to pump that fluid from the leg into your system so that your body can waste it out. So, you know, we want that elevation because we don't want your heart to work as hard because if it's too much work, it's only going to do so much, and then you just basically sat with the leg elevated. I don't want to say for nothing, but for very minimal. So it is best, you know, to, to if you can lie flat, um, you know, and then stuff doesn't pool up in the hip area and, you know, and through your pelvic area, and um, that way it can get, get through more clearly. And, and I will tell you, and I have been discovering this, um, you do not want to over-ice with an ice man. If you have ice packs, the same thing doesn't happen. With ice packs, the ice pack's cool, and so it's not that big of a deal. But if you have an ice man, you do not want to go beyond the recommendation that is in those discharge paperwork from your doctor, which is 20 to 30 minutes every hour, right? Because you can actually cool um, the component inside, inside your knee down. And I had this with a patient. It was the craziest thing. And her whole leg ached. And come to find out she was over icing and she had gotten that component cold and it was creating a bone ache. And after 24 hours, um, you know, of icing the correct way, that ache went away and she never had it again. Interesting. Um, yeah, so that, that's a, nope. And, and, and I, um, I mean, I, I had heard it. It just, I had never been in a situation where it had happened. So I do try and tell my, my people, if you have an ice man or one of the compression icers, you know, really stick to the directions. I know the ice feels good to most people after surgery because it cools that, that knee down that is so warm, you know, but you really want to stay within the parameters of the directions that your physician or the people that have provided the ice machine to you have given you because there's a reason for it. You know, I heard another thing that I'd never heard about uh, the, 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 the actual you know, implant cooling, but I have heard this. I wonder what your opinion is of overcooling to the point where the body feels cold and sends in fluids to warm it up completely contrary to what we're trying to do have you ever oh, that thought? i 
I'm sure sometimes that I have. I have not thought about that in a while, yeah. but yeah, you're right. You're, I mean, you're right. That that could be another component that if you over over ice, that that could possibly happen. I'll have to actually, at least. I will yeah. have to look into that. You're giving me homework now, mm, PJ. Homework. <laughs> I love it. And but, when you're but it does lying make sense. On, on your back though, and your leg is up, you what a great occasion to listen to the Bees Knees podcast. Well, I mean, oh, there you are. So 30 amazing. minutes to burn. Just listen to the, listen to us. Just one right after the other. You can listen to this one multiple times, you know, because I am included in this. And <laughs> oh, God, the ego. You know, my, my, yeah. my soothing voice, you just want to hear it over and over and over. Sing song. <laughs> you, 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 That's you, right. Sing song voice, yeah. <laughs> um, wow, well, this has been fun. Did we miss anything, Candace, that you want to bring up? Oh, this has been, uh, honestly, to be honest, well, I, I got to say, I did not expect we were going to be as clinical, and I love love that we went there I, it was kind of like oh, let's get to know candace and boy have we covered some very important ground uh, really in particular for people that are for sure going to be on the x10 i mean i mm-hmm. really want them to all hear your voice uh, and for those that you know may never need us and you know or or, or may their futures far far down the path um it, it's good food for thought at least you know always oh wait we can always learn something new it's what keeps us mentally young right right <laughs> But wait, so did we miss anything that you want to bring up? I, well, PJ, I always tell my people, like, I can always find things to talk about. So we we don't want to open that ground because (laughs) I can go on and on forever and ever. But I think that we covered, I mean, without going into other things, like in detail, we got to say something. Maybe you'll invite me again later and we got to say something for later, maybe. And I think think (laughs) we could do some clinical work too and talk about some very specific topics and, uh, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do this. So but I think just, uh, I think that we basically we basically covered all of the the ins the ins and outs and um, you know the bones so to speak bones without being oh which totally makes sense doesn't it oh, bones yeah. and bones oh my goodness bones. well thank yeah. you so much for uh, sitting with me and talking on this this little production. And uh, yeah. I know that it's been instructive for me. It's been great to listen to you, to you, and I know that a lot of people will really benefit. So thank you for being here. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me. Everybody, thank you for listening. I'm honored. And hopefully I get to do it again sometime. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Okay. I told you. Wasn't that great? Neat lady and very smart about this whole recovery business. Uh, she's uh a valuable addition to our team at Extend Therapy. I'm really glad that we got a chance to sit down and talk and that you got a chance to hear that. So thanks for listening and uh, looking forward to our next conversation. See ya. We'd like to thank a few friends of the Bees Knees podcast, including the Knee Pain Guru, natural solutions for chronic knee pain without drugs, shots, surgery, or painful physical therapy. For more info, visit thekneepainguru.com. We're also brought to you by X10 Therapy. And special thanks to Dr. Justin Trosclair at the podcast, A Doctor's Perspective Podcast. I'm Dr. Justin Trosclair, host of two-time podcast awards nominated, A Doctor's Perspective Podcast. I interview doctors in and out of my profession about their specialties and the occasional non-doctor special guests. But we also go behind the curtain and see what's working for their marketing, overcoming struggles, practical knowledge, book choices, and relationship advice. Join me on any podcast app on your phone, or visit a doctorsperspective.net for the show notes pages and free resources. I want you to have an abundant home life as well as a thriving practice. So come on, take a listen. 
The Bees Knees Podcast comes to you from our studio in Lower Manhattan, New York City. We're here week in and week out shedding light on all aspects of knee surgery and recovery. To reach us, send an email to Podcast at gmail.com.